and I welcome you to What's New. We move on today to verses 47 through 53 of Matthew chapter 26. These verses cover Matthew's account of the arrest of Jesus and Peter's attempt to defend him. Here's what Matthew writes. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a great crowd armed with swords and clubs sent by the chief priests and the elders of the nation. The traitor gave them this sign. The one I kiss is your man. Seize him. And stepping forward at once, he said, Hail, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Friend, do what you are here to do. They then came forward, seized Jesus, and held him fast. At that moment, one of those with Jesus reached for his sword and drew it, and he struck at the high priest's servant and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, Put up your sword. All who take the sword die by the sword. Do you suppose that I cannot appeal to my Father, who would at once send to my aid more than twelve legions of angels? At this point, Peter still did not understand that Jesus had come to die for the sins of the world. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Jesus and his disciples were on the slopes of the Mount of Olives at a place called Gethsemane. Jesus had agonized over what was about to take place. Then, perhaps he heard a crowd coming across the Kidron and up the slope, or perhaps he saw the torches. 
He said to his disciples, Look, the hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Matthew 26, 46-49 Among the crowd was a detachment of Roman soldiers, some temple guards sent by the chief priests and the Pharisees, as well as others with swords and clubs. Some were carrying torches and lanterns. Why such a large group? Surely to arrest one man a small contingent would have been sufficient. Perhaps the opposition wanted to be very sure that Jesus wouldn't escape this time. With Judas helping them, they felt they had a case against him. Or perhaps they expected trouble from the crowd of pilgrims coming for the Passover. It may be that Judas first led the group to the upper room of the Last Supper, but finding it empty, he surmised that Jesus and his disciples would have retreated to their favorite spot on the western slope of the Mount of Olives. Now Judas had arranged with the officials that he would identify Jesus by kissing him. The word kiss means to touch or to press with the lips. The kiss was commonly used in the East since patriarchal times. It was rarely placed on the lips. Mostly it was placed on the cheek, beard, hands, feet, or forehead. Usually it was a sign of affection of members of the same sex, and rarely with members of the opposite sex. There was also the farewell kiss at death, or the ceremonial kiss, such as Samuel kissing Saul when he anointed Israel's first king. Sometimes the ground was kissed in front of the feet of a monarch. However, the kiss was also used in negative ways. Absalom hypocritically kissed the people to win them away from his father, the king, and to himself. Joab kissed Amasa treacherously. So here Judas kissed Jesus in order to identify him, perhaps to the Roman soldiers they might not have recognized Jesus. Or perhaps in the darkness, even the representatives from the temple might have trouble identifying Jesus. So Judas kissed him. A kiss which normally stood for affection was a sign of betrayal. It's become known as the Judas kiss. Interestingly enough, Jesus called Judas friend which includes the idea of companion or associate. Jesus still loved Judas. While it isn't a term of endearment or intimacy, it is a term for friendship. It was at this point, Jesus having been definitely identified, that the soldiers probably pushed Judas out of the way, seized and arrested Jesus. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. From the other Gospels, we know that the disciple was Peter, 
and the servant of the high priest whose ear was severed from his head was Malchus. We know, too, that Jesus healed the man, according to Dr. Luke. Evidently, Peter wasn't yet fully awake. At least he wasn't thinking straight. He acted impulsively, which was his nature. He tried to defend Jesus with a sword. Jesus said, put your sword back in its place, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Chapter 26, 52. Jesus stopped the violence. What must we conclude from this incident, and what must we not conclude from Jesus' words to Peter? Evidently, the way to promote Christ is not by the sword. That much is clear. Sadly, the church didn't learn that lesson, as history indicates. Jesus did not need to be defended by physical force of arms then, and he doesn't need it now. It is a sad history of Christianity when the cross was defended by the sword, and Christianity was physically forced upon people. Converts to Christ are not made by force, but by love. What should we not conclude from this incident? I need to say that this incident should not be used to promote the philosophy of pacifism. Jesus didn't say, get rid of the sword. He said, put it away. There were times when God used man's sword, when God called upon man to use it, and man would have been disobedient if he had failed to do so. Some wars were fought, not only in the will of God, but at his specific direction and command. Of course those wars were just wars. But God does not use man's sword to promulgate the gospel. We persuade people by logic, by love, and by the Spirit to come to Christ for salvation, not by threats. We do not force that decision upon anyone by the use of the sword. Violence in defense of Christ is totally unjustified. If Judas was a zealot whose doctrine it was to use violence to promote their cause, then perhaps he turned against Jesus when he discovered that this was not the Jesus way. The Jesus way is love and compassion for all humans. He offers his life but only to those who want it and will receive it freely. God desires your heart for his abiding. In his promise of love you need confiding. Just remember this, you will never miss All the pain in your life that you've been hiding Every teardrop of sorrow he will On his promise of love you can rely. Oh, he has died for you, 
Just what more could he do to assure of his love for you? So let him into your heart, a new life he'll impart, for his promise of love is true. What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.